The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. Rock me on, Dion. Rock me on. Good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. Thank you for joining us tonight as we draw closer to Belmont. One... 142. 142. I know I haven't seen them all. I don't even think my dad's seen them all. He might tell me he has, but I don't think he has. Last year, Winning Ponies data. I'm going to scream it out there. Gave out a 12-1 to winner exact to try a super. 09 Belmont Super, 426 bucks. For a buck. That's not bad shooting. They had an $1,859 try in the Manhattan. Now that's something to buy beers over. Now that's some pretty good shooting. Winning Ponies data. Take a look at it at www.winningponies.com. Take a look at the testimonials. Take a look at the, the biggins. Take a look at the selections. It's easy. It's economical. I can't say enough about it. And this weekend, more than ever, you'll definitely want to take a look at it. There's free stories. There's blogs. They even tier them out, which makes it easy to use. Tier 1, 2, 3, sometimes 4. And trust you me, the top tier always isn't the favorite. You'll see one 20 to 1, 30 to 1 in the top tier. Nope. It's not designated by odds. It's designated by who actually their predictions lay out there. Very easy to use from the hardcore handicapper to the novice. Winningponies.com. Give it a look. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. 142 happens on Saturday post time. 632 Eastern ABC Sports will have the coverage of the Belmont. If you're not at the track OTB and or on computer, ABC does a tremendous job with this. This is the first time since 2006 and the third time since 1970 that the Belmont has lacked both the Kentucky Derby and Preakness winner. But it gives 12 new faces to actually build for the future on. From the top down, from the rail out, the one, David Dixie, Calvin Barrello aboard, 20 to 1. The two, Spangled Star, Garrett Gomez in the Irons, 30 to 1. The three, Uptown Charlie Bound, Rajiv Marat, 10 to 1. The four, Make Music for Me, Joel Rosario, 10 to 1. The five, Mike Flydown, Johnny Velasquez is 9 to 2. Number six, Icebox, 
Jose Lescano, three to one. The seven is Drosselmeyer. Mike Smith aboard at twelve to one. The eight game on dude. Martin Garcia, winner of the Preakness, ten to one. Game on dude, liking that. Nine horse Stately Victor. Alan Garcia between the ears at fifteen to one. The ten is stay put. Jamie Terrio or Jamie the Riot, as his friends call him, twenty to one. The 11, first dude, named after Todd Palin, Sarah Palin's husband. Ramon Dominguez in the irons at 7-2, rounding out the field. A Belmont 142 is interactive, made the choice to run this week after seeing the card. Javier Castellano, 12-1. Butcher said, here I come, boys. Take it or leave it. So that is Belmont 142. Going to shoot out a little action at you. Want to keep you abreast of what's happening? We're going to jump all around tonight. What's happening? We got news. We got Biggins, our special guest tonight, Mr. Bob Summers from the Buffalo News. Hardcore handicapping. My man John Collins Englehart will be calling in, and that's always a good time. Mammoth Park business booming. Less is more. I'm going to say it until it falls. My teeth fall out, I should say. Betting and attendance figures for the first five days of Monmouth Park have far exceeded the expectations track operators and racing officials who supported the adoption of the experimental 50-day guaranteed $1 million average per day meeting. Over the first five days, average handle is $8,263,283 per card. That is up 162%. Average attendance is up 86%. The field size has increased by nearly two horses per race. Incredible, from 7.5 to 9.4. If you don't think this is the angle we're heading, I, I don't know what you're thinking about. Less is actually more. The simulcast explosion was great while it happened, but the surf wave has went down. Less is more, ladies and gentlemen. Grandpa was right. When there was actually time in between meets and they didn't last as long, you love the game and you appreciated it that much more. Greta Kunzweiler, this is good news here. Greta Kunzweiler has asked Kentucky Horse Racing Commission to consider offering a jockey's license to her. Three years after she pleaded guilty on drug-related offenses and ultimately agreed to five years probation on a suspended 10-year sentence. Kunzweiler, 34, worked very hard to show that she's turned her life around. She is as sweet as they come, cute as a button. Born in Iowa, raised in Montana, was arrested three times in 06 on drug charges, multiple counts of methamphetamine and possession. She was granted stringent probation and conditions August 3, 2007, Kunzweiler, according to her attorney, has led an exemplary life, which she's worked at at Skyline, undergone intensive drug counseling, served countless hours, community service. She remains on supervised probation. Point blank, this was a case of Greta being involved with the wrong people. She was young. She made a mistake. Lest ye cast the first stone that has not made a mistake. Greta Kunzweiler, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, and I know there's many racing fans out there that wish you nothing but the best of luck. I 
couldn't believe it. Greta, going to come back again. She began her riding career in 99. She was a leading rider Turfway Park winner spring meet in 2002. Won several big races, including the 2004 Hawthorne Gold Cup on free for Internet. But she has not ridden competitively since 05. Let her blow the rust off. And this girl will be exciting to watch back in the saddle. I am extremely, extremely happy. More news to toss out about. The Mig Man. Richard Migliore announces his retirement. Jockey Richard Migliore announces his retirement on Wednesday at Belmont Park, saying doctors have told him he cannot safely return due to neck and spine fracture suffering in a January racing accident. Migliore, 46, the Eclipse Award winning apprentice of 81, had surgery in May, diffuses vertebrae in his neck. He won 4,450 races and 12 racing titles in New York during his career. Mig Man. We are definitely going to miss you. I know that I am. Richard Migliori. Wow. It just seems like yesterday when I seen him, he was actually at Keeneland, plying his trade, sneaking down from New York. What did he do? Wins at 8-1, to one, and I caught him. That was the best ride home a man could ever have. Recap of last week's action. Belmont Park, race number nine. The Vegas here, grade two. 150,000 up for grass. Winners of the two hourglass. David Cohen, nice little rider here. Wins by half a length, splitting traffic. 9.30 to win for Todd Squat Pletcher. Arlington Park Race 9, the Hanshin Cup, a grade three, $100,000 up for grabs. The four, country flavor, Inez Carlson, her first graded victory. Three quarters of a length, steady bid, leads and holds. 44.40 to win for Greg Geyer. Arlington Park Race 10, the Arlington Matron, a grade three, a mile and eighth on the all-weather. Winners, the 11, Tisquina, E.T. Baird, wins by a deuce, clearly rated, holds sway down the lane, 820 to win for Mike Stidham. Churchill Downs Race 8, the Aristides, a grade three, 100 grand up for grabs. Winners, the more Riley Tucker, Sean Brishmahan, wins by two lengths off the rail, driving down the lane, 1180 to win for Steve Asmussen. Race 8 at Churchill. That, that was race 8. Race 9 at Hollywood. The Gamely Stakes, a grade 1, a mile and eighth on the turf. $250,000 up for grabs. Winners of four. Tuscan Evening, the Irish bred. Rafael Bejarano wins by a half a length. Bid held Gamely down the stretch paint 380 to win for Jerry Hollendorfer. Churchill Downs on the 10th at Dogwood Stakes. Grade three, $100,000. Winner of the four, Alalia. Calvin Borrell wins by a length. Three wide. Hel- three wide for Calvin? Helps way late. $4 for Todd Fletcher. Very nice indeed. Indiana Downs, the William Henry Harrison stakes $70,000. Winners of seven, Mo Faster. Fernando De La Cruz wins by two lengths. Track the leaders clear. Driving in the lane, twenty-seven sixty for Ronald Brown. Indiana Downs, we end up there, race number nine, the Born Runner Classic Stakes, 350 yards on the dirt, $100,000, winners of six. GT leader Harold Collins wins by three parts of a link, drifted early, surged 2860 to win for Randy Thompson. And that was what was happening last weekend. Now, you know, Belmont fever is starting to strike me. There is an incredible undercard. And I just can't wait. But we're going to get into all that. We're going to get all that. But I am going to throw out the top three that I actually wrote a blog on. 
You can check that out at winningponies.com. I like fly down, 9 to 2. First dude was part of my blog, 7 to 2. And Icebox, 3 to 1 was Les Cano. But I got to tell you, I like Drosselmeyer too. Like Drosselmeyer. I think my dad actually got me hooked on Drosselmeyer. Well, it is time to head up to a break. You hear the music there. And when we return, we're going to be chatting with this week's special guest, racing columnist, sports writer from the Buffalo News, Mr. Bob Summers, here on Winning Ponies. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar double round the crown and everybody's getting down in this town. Ain't never gonna be the same. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in 
to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies, and thank you for taking your time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you live on, and hopefully you do know. And if not, it's either left or right. That's the way I go by. Tonight in our second segment, each and every week we have a special guest, and this week is no different. Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on as our special guest of the week a gentleman I met through Mr. John Englehart columnist, sports writer, longtime fan of the game from the Buffalo News, Mr. Bob Summers. Bob, how are you doing? Pretty good, Ed. Uh, welcome from the uh, north coast here, the coast of Lake Erie. So you're on the right coast. Well, we're somewhere in the right place. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I like that. We're somewhere in the right place. It's, it's, it's half full there. I like that. We're on the other end of New York State. I like that. I like that. Bob, uh, this is your first time on. I've had the pleasure of uh, meeting you a couple of times and uh, engaging uh, Gent and, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed. I, I have two ears and one mouth, even though I have a big mouth at that, but enjoy listening to what you have to say. Bob, is there any way that uh, you could uh, in, enlighten our listeners and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself and how you got into the sport of racing? Well, I'm a lifetime newspaper reporter um, and racing fan. I started going to the track when I was about 16 years old, I think. I wish I had back all the money I bet illegally before I was old enough. But uh, <laughs> And uh, I, uh, I've i been at the Buffalo News here for about 33 years, I think. Uh, back in the 80s, uh, we had a change. Our competing paper went out of business, and uh, they decided to uh, to expand our racing coverage. And uh, I got lucky enough to, to get a column called The Happy Handicapper, which... Uh, Used to run every week, but now it's, uh, interest in racing seems to have died down, or at least interest in my end of the race. Anyway, uh, it runs semi-regularly, but uh, I try to keep on top of the sport and uh, and make all the big races. If I if I may ask one question, just about the happy handicapper, uh, you know, it's something that you know some of the the best things fall by the wayside. In fact, what was what was it about, or was it tongue in cheek? Was was it direct? Was it all just information? No, it's uh, it's aimed for the horse player. Uh, I I like to think my audience is is uh, the guys and gals out there who are you know trying to figure out who the next winner is and uh, don't uh, don't have a lot of time for. Uh, for hardcore information, but I, I don't try to, to uh, I don't know, I try to make it fun. It's a, it's a game, uh, we're supposed to try to remember it's a game, but uh, interesting things happen while you're playing the game, and I try to, to write stories about that. Uh, also, I try to tell people who's going to win the the, uh, the big race this week, at least the Triple Crown races, and the uh, we have the Canadian Triple Crown up here, too, and, of course, the Breeders' Cup, and the uh, Queen's Plate and uh, and some of the big races. I don't pick horses every week, but uh, um, on the eve of the of the big races, I try to give my first three selections at least. Um, I remember I I did have Ferdinand in the Derby. I think that was the last one I can brag about, though. <laughs> Billy Shoemaker <laughs> up the rail with the one hole. Uh, the one I, hole I think it was, yeah, nobody hated the one hole in those days. <laughs> not not on that day they didn't for <laughs> sure. You, you know, uh, Bob. It, you know, fans of the game 
out there with, with Triple Crown races. I mean, we can always, not always, but for the most part, especially winning days, I should say, that we can remember the events that stick out in our mind. As someone who's covered the game and covered the big races and the events, are there any that stick out in your mind as most memorable as a rider? Oh, yeah. Well, the, you remember the ones, I, you know, I bet, too. I can't, uh, I, don't, I don't claim not to be a better. And uh, the ones that you hit, that you predicted the paper correctly, and then that you uh, you nail on the head, or even, uh, I hate to admit it, though, you know, real horse players, we don't pick one horse and go out and bet him to win $2. You know, we we look at the race, and you you got to weigh the, the you know, the percentages. And sometimes you you go with the favorite, and then at the last minute you go and play something else. And uh, uh, So I, I've had a few like that, but you can't brag about those as much as you can about the ones you, you had in black and white. I believe I, one of the ones I remember the most from the, from the Belmont Stakes in black and white was Risen Star. Um, uh, I can't remember the year he ran, though. What, what, uh, let me see, here. 85? Wow, you're pretty good. Risen Star, 88. 88? Well, you know, I was only three years off. Yeah, well, obviously, I was <laughs> I was in knee pants myself, but I remember uh, I remember sitting in the, the horse had a foot problem, I remember, right? And uh, they were, Louis Russell from New Orleans was the trainer, and they were trying to, you know, soak his foot and solve his foot problem. And on Friday, the day before, I believe it was Friday, the day before the Belmont, they were going to work him out to test his foot. Well, I remember sitting there in the Belmont stands. I was there with Steve Davidowitz, as a matter of fact, who most of your readers are probably, your listeners are probably familiar with. And we had our stopwatches out, and here comes Risen Star down the lane. And I don't have my notes in front of me, but I think he went the last three furlongs in about 35, 34 and change with the rider at his feet in the dashboard. And Steve wow. and I looked at each other. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> and Steve says, I want you to run over to the barn and see if that horse, what they do with that horse. Is he limping when he's cooling out or whatever? So anyway, I ran over to the barn and didn't see anything awry. They didn't, uh, he didn't seem to be lame. And uh, so we went, we, we sent it in on Risen Star, who I believe ended up, he won the race by 13 lengths, something like that. And uh, if I, my memory serves me correctly, a horse called King Post was second. And it's yes. set up quite a nice exacta, and uh, that was one of my best Belmonts. Uh, another one I remember was, uh, when was that, 2002, and I can't take credit for this one in the paper, but you, you mentioned John Englehart. His uh, late brother was Bob, was one of my best friends, one of my best horse-playing buddies. And I remember calling Bob up about uh, Thursday or Friday night before I went down to New York. I said, who do you like in this race? And he says, you know, I'm looking at this horse, Sarava which we had seen at, uh, at the Preakness, Preakness Day. He ran in a, a race on the undercard. I think it was a mile and 16th, and he won it. Anyway, I didn't think much of it. And then I'm thinking, and I look up at the board with a few minutes to go, and, God, the horse is, what, 70 to 1, something like that? Yes. I said, oh, if I don't bet this one, Bob's going to kill me. So I went over and put a few dollars on it. Well, we know the rest of that story. <laughs> I think he was the longest-priced uh, um, Belmont winner in history. So... I've been going to the Belmont since, I don't know, I've made most of them since 1968. My first one was uh, when they were, it was held at Aqueduct. I remember going to see our, our our favorite son from up here, Northern Dancer, who had won the Derby in the Preakness and broke his maiden at Fort Erie, which is right across the border from Buffalo here. And uh, I went to see him in the Belmont at Aqueduct in 
64. And he got beat, finished third to a horse called Quadrangle. Anyway, that's when I first started coming. And even in the years when, when uh, you know, there's no Triple Crown on the line, it's always a good show. You just said uh, the card looks great, and I was just looking at it uh, before I called you here. It, it is a hell of a card. Oh, it, it's it's stupendous. But Bob, you, you, okay, you've been to the Derby, I take it, correct? Oh, I've been uh, about the last 30 derbies, I think. Okay, yeah. uh, so you've been to uh, at least 30, so that makes you 35 now. Yeah. And you, you, you've been to the Derby, and you've been to the Belmont. In in a comparative note, if there is any, I mean, is is the Belmont special into itself, and or is it a is it is it a whole lot more fun, or or is it just depending if we have a Triple Crown hopeful on the line, or well, each or, each of the Triple Crown races kind of has its own personality. I mean, the yes. Derby is the Derby. It, you know, you, it's the nation's biggest race. There's no way getting around it. But if you're a fan, uh, I mean, bring plenty of money. You got you got to spend money to park. I mean, everything costs money. But you're you're talking forty, fifty dollars to park, thirty dollars to get in. You don't get a seat unless you you know end up buying something from a scalper. So you're out. You know, you're out a lot of money before the the whole thing starts. Uh, and and then it's so crowded and so noisy. I mean, you should, everybody should do it once, but it's, whether you do it the second time, it's up to you. The Belmont is, I think, until this year, they never raised the admission price. It's like it's a day at the races, but you know, sometimes eighty thousand people show up. The Belmont grandstand, I believe, is as long as the Empire State Building is tall. <laughs> there's plenty of seats. There's and there's a huge picnic area out in the back, and you also have pretty good if you. Kind of know your way around, and you and you know where to stand. You can pretty good access to the paddock area, so you can watch the horses uh, getting uh, getting ready to race. The race itself, the track is so big; it's a mile and a half around. And even if you have a good seat, it's hard to watch tell what's going on. I, I actually don't tell anybody, but you get the best. <laughs> <laughs> the best view of the Belmont Stakes is on television. Because uh, <laughs> when they go up the backstretch there, even if you got a good pair of glasses, it's hard to tell what's going on. They get lost in that final turn. But when Mama, they turn for home, man, I, 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 this week I was thinking to myself, you know, this is a long trip, and blah, 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 maybe I shouldn't waste my time going. There's no triple count. But then I turned on the computer, and I started watching YouTube. And if you... You just punch in Belmont Stakes or whatever year you want, and it'll you can find a replay of the races. And that that race has produced some greatest horse races I've ever seen. It's really if you're a racing fan, you shouldn't make shouldn't miss the Belmont. You know, Bob, as you as you talk about going out to the track, uh, it 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 leads me into into a. Kind of a sentimental tear in my eye. I remember making many tracks, the tracks most of my life. And in the days before the simulcast explosion, I think many are going to miss out on this road trips to the racetracks. What, what, is, what is a trip or two in your mind that sticks out there that will stick out forever? Oh, me and my friend Bob, we used to make a lot of trips. And I, I call my car, I write about it in the, in the column, I call it the Betmobile. <laughs> and uh, we used to pile in, and, and well, I'm trying to think. We try to, you know, you would want to just go to one track and come home. Like going down your way, I remember we used to stop at, there was a track in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, it's not there anymore. It's uh, called Commodore Downs. And then we'd kind of mosey on down to Wheeling, West Virginia, to catch the dog races. 
All right. And one year on the way down, I think we went to Scioto Downs, which is in Columbus, Ohio, a harness mm-hmm. track. Yes. And then there's uh, Thistle Down in Cleveland coming home. And, um, of course, uh, uh, Churchill Downs. And then going over the other way, we've, we've back in the day, uh, we had a trip planned. We were going to try to hit as many race tracks as we could in one 24-hour period. We, <laughs> we had we had it. You have to do it in August. So you have to hit the two Saratoga. Start at Saratoga. You hit the thoroughbred and the harness. And the, the rules of the trip is you have to make one bet at least at every track and watch the race. You can't. It's not like simulcasting. And uh, we had it. We had one year we went both Syracuse's, Batavia Downs, Fort Erie, Toronto, Mohawk. I don't know. It was crazy. But the the one trip I remember the most was the year. Um, 1985, I think it was. We, we were going to the races all our life, and we rarely, at the Derby, agreed on a horse. Except this one year, we both agreed that Spendabuck was the horse. And uh, I don't know if you remember the race, Eddie. You probably uh, very well. Your, your mother probably told you about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, River Downs, he won, he won the cradle. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. Angel Cordero, I believe, was on Spendabuck, and he was—he had good early speed, and he flashed it over in New Jersey. Uh, anyway, there was one other speed horse in the race. I can't think of his name, but, but I think George Steinbrenner owned him. But anyway, they broke for the, from the gate, and Steinbrenner's horse stumbled or something. He didn't get a good start, and here's Angel Cordero out on the front end as they go past the finish line the first time, and, and he keeps the lead up the backstretch. I mean, I think if you look at the chart, he opened up about six or eight, and uh, it was. It, we said it was better than sex. I mean, it was like <laughs> Angel Cordero on the front end of the Derby with an eight-length lead, and you know nobody's going to. He can read a horse as good as anybody in the business, and it's just let this last as long as. Possible, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I love it. And, and uh, anyway, we both cashed pretty good, and that was the one where uh, Bob. Bob tells the story that uh, he's standing at the window to cash in, and uh, the uh, teller says, could you wait a minute, sir? We've, I have to get some more money. And Bob turns around and says as loud as he can to the people behind him in line, there'll be a slight delay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> They've run out of money to pay me. <laughs> it but, sounds like you had Bob Englehart, and I handicapped with John Englehart. I don't think there's two livelier guys that you fun. can actually ask to handicap with. The story hasn't ended yet. <laughs> so now we're coming home from from uh, Louisville and Cincinnati, because we always stop at River Downs on the way home from the Derby. We get up in Ohio someplace, and suddenly Bob goes, Oh, my God, I left the money in the hotel room. <laughs> oh and he starts patting you know, his pockets. I said, Oh, you know, so, so I said, oh, man, there's one happy hotel housekeeper down there, I'll bet. So anyway, we pulled over to the side of the road, and uh, we found it in the trunk someplace in one of his bags. So, Well, thank God for that. Anyway, we got home. I think he won a couple of grand, but he, he told his wife he won 100, and he gave her 50. <laughs> uh, ooh, I should Martin say that on the radio. And that should, anyway, smart he, man. He's gone now, but he was a lot of fun. It sounds like he's right with you, and uh, I've heard Bob, or, excuse me, John talk about Bob, and uh, it sounds like he had a very good friend, and uh, I, I, I wish that I would have had the opportunity to meet, meet a handicapper as such. 
I've got to put your feet to the fire. Are you ready for this, sir? Take your shoes off. It's time to dance on the coals. Belmont 142 is upon us on Saturday. Bob Summers, where do we go from here? Well, I hate to do this, but First Dude's been my, not First Dude, I'm sorry, Icebox has been my horse for for three, five weeks now. Um, and I tell you why, because, of course, the day after the derby, we uh, we went out to, to the barns in the morning, and, and uh, Nick Zito was around. The first thing he said was, did you see the chart? Did you read the chart? Did you see the word steadied? The, word, the horse was steadied five times, you know? <laughs> it might have been three, but Nick exaggerated a little bit. So he said that. Well, then a few days, a few hours, about an hour later, Todd Pletcher had a little press conference in the in the rec room there at Churchill, and we're asking him about how tough it is to 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 win the Triple Crown at that point with with Super Saber. And Todd said, he said it's not the Preakness that that's the problem. He says it's the fact that Nick Zito is sitting up there in New York with with Icebox. Zito right away said Icebox isn't going in the Preakness. I didn't mention that. But then he said the fact that Zito's sitting up there in New York with Icebox with a five-week rest, that's what's worrying me. So if Todd Fletcher's worried about Icebox, I think I should be too. You know, I, I, in the Derby, uh, Bob, when you mentioned, I said I love Icebox, but I said there's only 19 other reasons I can pick that he can't. Well, that's because the problem. He He's the, the his running style is so that he he gets into trouble. You know? And even when he wins, like the Florida Derby, I mean, you didn't know he won that till he developed a photo. It's it's uh, it's dicey, but you know, like horses come from behind like that in the Belmont. I don't know. Okay, so, so we, the other got, thing that bothers me though is now after Pletcher's expressing all this uh, this uh, fear of icebox is like what was it Monday afternoon he drops uh, interactif into the box. I I think so. he was he was going to run on the undercard and and uh, you know kind of kind of made the uh, the punch. I'm just guessing on that note. You would know better than I. <laughs> we, we we've got you locked in with icebox. Can we use anything in an exacta? Well, I have an angle I like on the big races. I like to box up the uh, Hall of Fame trainers and the exactas. And uh, I've got a lot caught, of them. Uh, I've caught some nice ones like that. Lemon Drop Kids, uh, trained by Scotty Schulhofer, mm-hmm. uh, Hall of Famer. Um, commendable. Uh, Wayne Lucas uh, came in with a big price that year. This year, if you box up the uh, Hall of Fame trainers, you're going to get uh, Nick Cito, of course, Icebox, and Fly Down. This is other half of the entry. And then uh, Billy Mott has Drosselmeyer, who's, uh, and I think those two are the only two Hall of Fame trainers in the race. So I'm going to um, play a $12, or no, it's a $9 box there, Icebox, First Dude, and Drosselmeyer. Well, I, I kind of like that. I, I wish we were getting a little better price on Icebox, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't know if you'd dismiss Fly Down, but uh, it sounds like you, your mind is made up, and uh, once a horse player's mind's made up, it's uh, it's tighter than a bank vault. Not door. mine, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I got my uh, You Bet account on the computer there. I, I, you can make a bet uh, as they go into the gate. So. I, as a matter of fact, I know You Bet it. was just purchased this past week. Pardon me? You bet! I believe they were part of a major purchase. Uh, yeah, Churchill Downs is buying them, I guess. So, yeah, uh, I think here. they own the world, don't they? I think so. It's, uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, they're on they're on a good path to it. Bob, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time to join us for Belmont 140 True. As we as we draw close, uh, I, I wish you and yours the best uh, on and off the track, and hopefully, I'll see you down at the river, my friend. 
Thank you, Ed. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And, and thanks, Bob. I really appreciate it. Okay, Bob good luck Cyrus to you from the Buffalo time. News and a really good guy of racing and really enjoy his his visits when he comes down to visit John Engelhardt down at River Downs. Time to head up to a break. When we return, you talk about hardcore handicapping. You stay tuned because one John Collins, Engelhardt, and I are going to throw it down. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. Thank you for taking your time to join in. I hope you caught Bob Summers. He was a blast from the Buffalo News. Great handicapper, great guy. 
Betting to John Englehart. And you know what? It's kind of like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It, it all goes back to Englehart for me <laughs> because I meet so many good people. And there he is laughing, uh, laughing at me, hopefully. Mr. John Englehart, good to have you aboard, Johnny. No, I've been laughing with you and Bob for the last 15 minutes. It, it was absolutely hilarious. This guy can really spin a towel, and the amazing thing is they're all true. Oh, what a guy. It seemed like he, he truly loved your brother in the Betmobile. <laughs> Those were the boys, man, let me tell you. They definitely seem like it. John, uh, just to refresh everybody's memory, President of Turf Publicists of America, publicity director, track spokesman, artist, and racing fan extraordinaire, uh, just to name a few of the hats that you wear. You are the you are the host of the Regular Guy Show, which actually was uh, was in the running for uh, one of the uh, w- one of the uh, racing shows. Actually, that people watch and, uh, and 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 thoroughly enjoy this year. I believe it was the Thurber Times. Yeah, I think I just missed the Superfecta. I think I finished fifth, but considering I was up against the Kentucky tracks, uh, New York and California, coming from Little Old River Downs, I don't feel too bad finishing there. No, it wasn't bad at all. The regular guy show is all educational, and it's a whole lot of fun. John, before we get down to business, and you know what business is, I have two questions for you. One, you have a very good friend who was injured this past week. How is he doing, and is there a timeline of recovery? Well, my my friend, of course, is John McKee, who uh, smashed all Steve Coffin's records, uh, both at uh, River Downs and at the Kentucky tracks back when he was an apprentice. Uh, John since then developed into a pretty solid rider, winning titles at uh, Churchill Downs and Oaklawn Park, Turfway Park. Uh, Last week, he was on the lead at Indiana. The horse he was riding uh, had a uh, snapped it off, and he went down, and uh, he got trampled on in three spots in his leg, uh, his ankle, his tibia, and his fibia. I've been, you know, emailing him back and forth, and he's hoping he can recover quick. He went to the doctor today, and I haven't heard a report back from him. But right now we're probably looking at about two months of rest, and it's driving him out of his mind. You know, here's here's one of the jocks that doesn't mind getting up and going to the training centers and working horses out. You know, so many of these guys now, they don't show up until it's the first race. You know, seldom do they go out and even work a horse. Well, John knows the hungry dog gets the bones, so he stays up, he hustles, he goes to the training centers, or he'll go to the track and work anything you want him to work, and he, he's going out of his mind. But, I, you know, he's young, it's his first bad spill, and so hopefully he'll be back in the saddle. Hopefully we'll see him uh, sooner rather than later. When I see him ride, he reminds me of Pat Day, and uh, I know that's not a, a, a black eye whatsoever because that's the highest of compliments. Johnny, the University of Dayton, I think you've heard of it, it's in, uh, it's in Ohio, I believe, is putting on an exclusive art show. And as an alumnus, could you tell us a little bit about what this upcoming social event is all about? I will. As a matter of fact, I spent the uh, final few hours this afternoon over there uh, finishing hanging the show and doing an interview with two-time Red Smith Award winner Tom Archdeacon. So on Sunday, go to www.daytondailynews.com if you want to know about the show and see some images. Uh, basically, it's kind of a, a take you through a day at the races. I've got 30 different uh, pieces uh, framed and hanging there, and I take you everywhere from uh, the breeding farms to the morning workouts, uh, backstretch images uh, to the races themselves. Uh, to horses cooling out at the end of the day. It's uh, just kind of a walk through a day of the racing. Uh, probably most of the people that will be looking at the show uh, haven't been to a racetrack, but maybe it will stimulate them and they'll want to go to the races. I mean, horses are such a beautiful thing, and I've been so blessed to be in the situation where I've been able to photograph them most of my life. 
And it's always, every time I tell you, wow, you're a great photographer, I think you take offense to it because I think you're trying to... I know you're trying to get me kicked out of my job so you can take it. I know that. (laughs) But you are having your art show at your alma mater, and uh, if you get the opportunity uh, to make it up there, do so. And if not, they can take a look at your work on Pat Lang's website. How do they uh, get up to that? Uh, Real easy, and actually it's been rated the number one equine photography website. Uh, it's patlangphoto.com. Patlangphoto.com. I mean, we get hits from Korea, from Vietnam, from uh, Afghanistan. It's amazing. We track all the different people that have hit that. So it's patlangphoto.com. And then we've got a pretty good staff of photographers. If you click on About Us and click on John C. Engelhart, uh, you'll get to see at least four folders of my work, uh, not all of them horse-related. And I've seen a few in... They're always really, really cool. John, How much do I owe you for this ad, anyhow? Please? How much do I owe you for this ad? Ah, the, this one's a freebie. Uh, <laughs> actually, there was one of, uh, of an angel that, uh, that I actually saw. It was a weeping angel that uh, really kind of caught my eye. John, we've done TV. We've had a radio show. And we've talked horses in our time at work, you know, when we were supposed to actually rather be working. But uh, there's not many I'd rather handicap with, and, uh, and I definitely enjoy hearing your voice on here. We've got about 10 minutes, maybe 11 minutes here, to talk about the big doings in Elmont, New York. And, John, we're going to impart some wisdom because we're going to start on race number six at Belmont, the seven furlongs, Woody Stevens. Well, sad to say, thanks to some short fields to spice big purses, we should be able to get through them pretty quick. Um, the, the sixth race at Belmont, the Woody Stevens, the grade two, I don't think I'm going to get much of an argument out of you. It looks like a two-horse race, but it looks like it's going to be a fantastic two-horse race between the inside and the outside. On the inside is 85 and a 50. And I'll tell you what, this horse is aptly named because he goes 85 and a 50 every morning. Ed, you look down at this horse's workout line, you can't find a work that's not a bullet. He has shot a six-shooter in the morning. I, I saw that you are correct and drawing the rail, which has been red hot at Belmont Park. And, and I know the other one right on with 85 and a 50 is DeFunny Bone, who dropping back from a mile to seven furlongs. I believe Edgar, Edgar Prado and Dutro, I think they have a real monster here. Three for three going seven panels. Yeah, I mean, those are the two absolute standouts, you know. Now, and at 85 and a 50, he's only had five lifetime starts, but in two of those, he's had buyer figures of 100 or over. The thing is, both of these horses are coming off suspect efforts where they've tailed off, so it'll be very interesting. 85 and a 50 out of the Derby trial could have been the muddy track. Uh, the funny bone in the withers, he had a big traffic problem, and he got steadied big time at the three-quarter pole. And, uh, you know, so it's a toss-up between the two. If you force me to make a straight exacta, I think I'm going to go with the funny bone because he's only raced seven furlongs three times, and he's won every single one of those. I think that's his yardstick. I agree. I'll go with the funny bone on top of 85 and a 50. You're looking around at the try. Take a look at Remand running in the Dwyer against uh, Fly Down and Drosselmeyer, both of which are going in the big race. Yeah, Six well, it'll be easy enough to put the, all three of them underneath there within only a five-horse field. Oh, it's, it's, it's economical. It's easy. We can do it right there. Seventh race, a mile on the turf, just a game. It's a grade one. It's on the Weedner turf, Johnny boy. Yeah, I, I, another one where, you know, you, you hand out 400000 and you don't understand why you don't get a bigger field. Um, I, I'm kind of liking um, 
Fola? Pola? How would you say it? I, I believe it's Fola. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it ran uh, on Derby Day in, in the Distaff Mile, Grade 2. Uh, Ramon Dominguez just gave it a picture-perfect ride, sat chilly, uh, got almost at 7-1 to one that day, and just ran by him like they were tied to a pole. Uh, that's actually three wins in a row this year. Uh, Todd Pletcher is holding, holding the hot hand right there with Pola. Uh, mystery horse probably is the Provisa, uh, the English bred. Billy Mott, the Hall of Fame trainer, uh, shipping all the way in from Santa Anita. This horse has been everywhere. It's been in Europe, uh, ran in the Spinster Stakes and got taken down. Uh, you know, this horse has an interesting uh, resume and uh, could cause uh, some problems. But in, in my book, I'm going with Polo. Who do you like? You know, I like Fola a whole lot, but I, I think that, that in my opinion of opinions, I, I thought that he might want a little something or she might want a little something with a little gift to it. I do like Proviso, the uh, the horse that you alluded to. If you take a look at the last race, she ran against the males in one in the Frank Kilrow grade one mile, 12 for 16 on the turf. Mott is 22% with layoffs, been off for just about three months' time. But I'm going to box him up. I'm going to take Proviso. And if you take a look at that last work on May 3rd, 30th, 47-2, and two, that's nothing to be sneezed at with the dogs up. So I'm going to box yours and mine up there, Johnny boy. Yeah, and interesting, uh, my Mike Smith's making the trip into Belmont Park to ride for Visa, too. <laughs> yes, he is. He, he's, uh, he's, got a few, uh, he's got a few boots there to, up, at the, uh, up at the Big Sandy uh, to make mention of. The eighth race, six furlongs, the True North Handicap, grade two, very, very tough race indeed. Yeah, it is, and uh, I made the mistake of leaving my racing form out in front of my son, Pat, and he sat here and handicapped it over breakfast and came up with a horse that all of a sudden I started looking at, and I'm like, damn, I think he's right. Um, I really like number two, Custom for Carlos. Now, Eddie Canale uh, is going to come in from Kentucky, and I think he's got two hot horses that are going to show up at Belmont. Uh, I'll tell you what, this could be the Jose Lescano show before the day is out. And uh, this horse has put together four races where it's had buyer figures over 100. Uh, and the last time Lescano rode this horse, he won the bet on Sunshine Handicap at Churchill Downs. The only question is, uh, he's never been over the Belmont Strip. Uh, he's going to get in toting 118 pounds. Uh, I, I, he, I just think he looks very dangerous uh, he, coming off a sharp workout on the 22nd. I think that the interesting horse is this Brybon, the French bred, trained by Todd Pletcher. It's not really a sprint specialist, but he must have some plans for this horse. He's been drilling it pretty good in the morning. On May 21st, it had the best of 50 works at four furlongs over the Belmont Strip. Uh, they took the horse away from North America to run in the Barbados Gold Cup. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and only, <laughs> only got beat in that. <laughs> um, it was rank and steadied four wide in its last race at Belmont in the Westchester Handicap. Uh, Garrett Gomez gets the call. That horse just kind of makes it interesting. But custom for Carlos, Ed, is going to be my top pick. John, as we say so many times, I, I agree to that completely. Les Cano had his choice between Formidable and this cult, and I, I believe enjoys the fast pace. And if you see a high 56 and change, I think he's going to be at his best here. Uh, been training all winter at Palm Meadows, and, and I believe he's ready. Runs well off of a freshening. A horse for the distance, seven for seven. Seven starts, five wins in two seconds. I love custom for Carlos. I love Les Cano, and you've heard me uh, uh, cheer for 
for him many times, uh, and and right below it. And I like Brabant and uh, Garrett Gomez here. You know, I'm kind of scratching my head, but that uh, Barbados Gold Cup, uh, Johnny Murtall didn't go there for nothing on that day at all. So I'm going to box the both of those two up. It looks like we agree again. Ninth at Belmont, a mile, the grade one acorn, John. Well, finally a race that's deep and deep, deep, deep in talent. If you're playing pick fours, pick threes, whatever, this is the race where I think you're going to have to use about four horses, Ed. I agree. And it, I, I, could, I, could make a, I could make it maybe five. Um, the, 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 the one angle that seems to be popping out in this race to me is that it's, the field is filled with uh, Kentucky Oaks horses that got in trouble. Uh, Amen, hallelujah, you know, in close on the first turn. Uh, then you've got uh, Champagne Dioro uh, forced into traffic and uh, Crisp uh, forced in and steadied. So three horses that, that ran in the biggest three-year-old Philly race of the country so far come back into this race uh, with a little freshening, off-excuse races. Um, I will say Quiet Temper was in the, the uh, Kentucky Oaks also, but really didn't have an excuse. It just said no real threat. But I think if you throw out that last race, the, the Kentucky Oaks there, that horse is just so consistent, and, and it loves the one-mile distance that um, I'm really torn between Quiet Temper and Amen Hallelujah at this point. You know, I, I'm going to go with Buckle Up Buttercup. I'm going to say the well, West Well, what if Eddie Canale wins with Carlos? Uh, yeah, I, you know what? In Julian Le Peru is, is on the sideline with a spinal injury, and uh, I say Jose Lescano on Buckle Up Buttercup. We've got about two minutes here, Johnny, and we are going into the 10th race, the mile-and-a-quarter Manhattan Woodford Reserve. It's on the turf. Lead us on. It's Gio Pani's race to lose. I, I concur completely, and you're going to – has not raced for two months, three for four at the distance, 12 for 14 on the turf. Ramon Dominguez fits so, so well and loves New York. John, it takes us right up to race number 11, the mile and a half, 142nd running of the grade one Belmont. Yeah, you know, and it, it does provide an interesting uh, race. It, a lot of it's going to be pace scenario. Just because a horse is a big closer in a big race doesn't mean he can win the Belmont Stakes. But I'll tell you what, I, I'm really torn between, I think Nick Zito can hit the friggin' exact in here. Um, you know, it, it, listen to Bob Sunner, Mr. Lescano opted to get off fly down and go to icebox. You know, uh, icebox and fly down, uh, they're, they're one point apart on their uh, figures. He is so correct about the trouble he gets in. Um, I, and I, So I don't think this horse is a stone closer. If you go back to some of his form uh, as a two-year-old and early in his three-year-old year, this horse can get up there. You've got the mile and a half. There's really no excuse to get in trouble in the Belmont Stakes, I don't think so. So I'm, I'm going to say uh, icebox on top of fly down. And I'll be honest with you, I, I like Bob Summers' angle of throwing in that Hall of Famer, Billy Mott. I know you like Drosselmeyer, too. I'm going to take fly down, and I think lightly raced once again. Les Cano jumps off. Johnny V in the right spot for Nicky Zito. Nobody knows Zito. Nobody knows New York like Zito, but I am going to use Icebox. John, I'd like to thank you personally for joining in. And before we got started, it was a blast, and it just got bigger and better. Thank you for taking your time and joining in with us, John. Well, I love capping with you, and I love tuning in to winningponies.com, my friend. Thanks a lot, John. We'll see you tomorrow at the races, my friend. Take care, Ed. Thanks. 
Time flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing, and this week is definitely no different. Winning ponies, I'd like to thank our special guest, Mr. Bob Summers of the Buffalo News, and one Mr. John Collins Engelhardt for handicapping Belmont 142. So until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.